Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I talk about the difference between chasing rewards versus pursuing knowledge. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Lynn Reardon, the host of the podcast and head coach at Horsewise. On today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about the concept of rewards and how sometimes what seems like a really good thing can accidentally create the wrong type of rhythm or maybe the wrong kind of searching in your horse and also in people. So before I launch into all of that, I just want to talk about an experience that I've had a lot when I was in school. So I was a pretty, I was a pretty non-traditional academic type when I was in school. I really liked to stay home. I was my favorite thing. I would essentially sometimes invent illnesses so that I could try to con my mom into convincing her that I was sick so I could stay home and watch TV. Like, so I was not exactly, um, Ivy League material, so to speak. But I really had the kind of mind, I think, where I like to figure out not necessarily shortcuts, but like puzzles. And one of my indirect goals, or maybe kind of under the surface goals, was I wanted to see if I could still maintain pretty high grades, even if I wasn't constantly in school doing the usual things. So I I would tend to read way ahead of my grade level. Part of that came from my mom who loved to read and she sort of instilled that into me in an early age. And part of it was that I, I just found it kind of entertaining since I was you know, laying around pretending to be sick all the time to read books that were quote hard, that were what the big kids read. And so I did that quite a bit and I became pretty far ahead in terms of vocabulary and reading comprehension And then also my ability to, I guess, retain and understand information was pretty high compared to other kids in my class at that time. I'm talking grammar school level, right? So elementary school. So what I found was that I could actually get higher grades if I stayed home from school more often than the average student for illness, because I would read so far ahead, again, not just in our textbooks, but also in terms of reading books and materials that were you know, many grade levels above where I was. And I began to sort of integrate knowledge pretty seamlessly in my brain. So if I was reading about something to do with history, I would maybe read like a historical novel or something along those lines. And I would sort of seamlessly, if the book was well-written, be able to absorb that into my studies at school. Now, flash forward to, let's say, midterm exams or final exams for the school year. And I went to a Catholic school, even in elementary kind of level. So we actually would have formal midterms and finals as if we were bigger kids. That was sort of the philosophy of that particular school. And what I discovered was that uh, I found it pretty easy to get good grades in things like history and English. Uh, even science, uh, math was harder because you can't really just read ahead for math, but anything that could be integrated into a novel or something that I could learn through reading for pleasure, I would learn at, again, a kind of a higher and faster level than, than my fellow students in the same grade level. So I would do pretty well. I had pretty good grades um, all throughout that phase. 
on the flip side, I had some friends who were really smart, really uh, much more well-behaved than I was in the sense that they actually would go to school and they would study assiduously and do all the things. But what they would tend to do is they would memorize. They would memorize the data without really understanding what it meant. So for example, let's take in a history class, they would memorize all of the appropriate dates. They would memorize the names of the individuals who are important in that history level or that history phase, but they wouldn't necessarily have any comprehension in terms of these broader perspectives or what is the overall sort of accomplishment of this or that era or what was this era known for in terms of scientific advances or how it fits into the modern era. But that was the kind of thing I was absorbing pretty seamlessly. And so when I would sit down to take a test, again, it wasn't that I was perfect, but I would have like a pretty good understanding of what, what exactly would be the right answer. Sometimes I would get tripped up on things like dates because maybe that's not as, as important in, in terms of what you might read in a novel with a historical basis. Or if you're just reading literature in general, like how to write an essay isn't necessarily implied just because you read a lot of literature. But for the most part, I did quite well. My friends didn't get as good as grades, some of them, even though they were, again, probably much smarter and definitely much more uh, traditionally motivated students, uh, very well-behaved students. And they would get really frustrated and upset if they didn't get a good grade uh, because they'd spent all this time maybe memorizing and doing all the right things and, and going through all the exercises, but they didn't have this overall comprehension that aided and abetted them, so to speak more, I guess, in a more effective way for the future. Some of those friends did pretty well. And then when they got to, let's say high school, now again, flashing forward many other years, they would struggle a lot because uh, simply memorizing isn't enough in high school. You can get, you can get by to some extent memorizing, but high school, you start to have to do more analysis. You have to write more. You have to you know, kind of juggle a lot of different types of subjects and perform well, kind of multitasking in terms of how you study. And I found high school pretty straightforward. Again, it wasn't, I'm not saying I was like this incredible Rhodes Scholar, but it was just pretty straightforward for me. I had prepared myself, ironically, much better for high school by my sort of eclectic reading and wanting to stay home and read instead of going to school than some of my friends who had been, again, very, very well behaved, did what they were told, memorized things, found it boring, but memorized it so they would get good grades. But when they got to high school, the memorization didn't work as well. So segueing back to horses, one thing that can happen is that both the human handler and the horse can get overly fixated on rewards. And by rewards, in the context of this particular podcast, I'm not talking about food-based treats or food-based training or operant training or anything along those lines. I'm simply talking about anything that is a reward that is you know, the horse did, does something that you have asked it to do and you give it some kind of a reward. You might soften your rein, you might pet it on its neck. If, if it's moving, let's say you gave it an aid to go from the walk to the halt and it performs that successfully, you stop and you pet your horse too, whatever the reward is. Um, and what I found sometimes even in teaching groundwork, like the most, I would say kind of core fundamental part of horsemanship is that sometimes people will be like, well, I'm waiting for my horse to lick and chew and he hasn't licked and chewed yet. He hasn't yawned yet. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. Why hasn't he done it yet? So they'll bring this kind of intensity to 
the idea of where's the reward? I want to see my horse respond so I know that, quote, I did it right as the person or, quote, my horse did it right because that's really important that I can demonstrate that my horse did it right which of course loses the whole meaning of the idea of working with the horse with feel. Yes, you want your horse to release, but you want that horse to release because it has genuinely learned whatever task you have asked it to do, as opposed to sort of memorizing the answer and quickly licking and chewing. Horses can learn from our expectations to lick and chew, even if they don't feel that great about it, or at least do some semblance of that behavior, but they won't be soft. They won't be relaxed. They won't be actually processing the information they're responding to. Again, this kind of maybe intensity or excitement on our part that we really want to see that. We really want to see that. Oh my gosh, why hasn't my horse done that yet? So that's something to kind of be aware of in yourself and avoid as much as possible. If you would like to have a good feel, a good relationship between you and your horse, you have to allow that horse to learn at its own pace, in its own style, much like a child, and you want them to actually learn the information, not simply perform something for you, do a movement without that feel on their part where they really understand, hey, this is what she's asking for, with this particular movement of her hand or the shifting of her weight or the change in her posture. And I, as the horse, I really understand that and I'm gonna relax right into that. I'm gonna enjoy that rather than the horse going, oh, when she does this, I should do that because it'll finally stop. The request will finally stop. And that's when the horse can get kind of hyper about the reward is that finally everything stops, all the requests stop. Now let's go back to my original discussion point, which was the difference between my friends in school who would memorize facts and dates, data for the tests versus my bizarre, I want to read and stay home from school instead of actually kind of going to school and getting the usual classroom approach. Again, I'm not recommending that parents do this, but I'm saying it worked for me. So the difference between the two of us, the two different types of students, is that when the test came, my friends would have automatic responses to certain questions. So they knew the significance of the date 1776. They knew maybe the significance of Teddy Roosevelt in terms of what he did in office, how long he was there. They knew this in terms of memorized facts and figures. So they bat out those answers, so to speak, multiple choice questions, whatever it was, and they maybe got an A. But I, with my odd, slow reading approach, maybe read a couple of historical novels set in certain eras, and I learned all about the Civil War because I was seeing it through the eyes of these characters that had fascinated me in a book. So I ended up actually learning a lot about the context of facts, figures, history in general. So when I sat down to the test, I had a lot more of that information all at my fingertips. I didn't have a series of dates and facts that I could spit out if asked. I had this overall picture. Now think about the difference between those two types of knowledge and the confidence that one would produce over the other. If there's a grade, if the grade is the reward and you get the answers right and that's it, the memorization is sufficient to get that particular type of reward. 
But if you really want to learn something, internalize it so that you don't have to memorize it over and over again, or you don't have to see it as something you essentially spit out when you're forced to attend a test. If you want that opposite, then you need a different kind of teaching, a different kind of learning process. And ideally for me, I would rather work with my horse in such a way that he didn't feel like he was having to memorize certain responses whenever I asked him a question and that he would have to spit those answers out pretty quick. I would want my horse to understand the context of how we work and learn together so that it was all seamless, it was all connected. So that is to me the key difference between training for rewards versus training for learning and knowledge, both for people and for horses. If you enjoyed this podcast episode and would like more information about how to tell if your horse is memorizing information versus learning things, please reach out to me at horsewisecoach at icloud.com to get information on some special workshops I'm putting together on this very topic. As always, thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.